Hello everyone, it's another week and I'm back with a new episode. Today my guest was a good friend, Lasha Tsomaya, a successful web designer who has launched an application that reached over 1 million downloads and is currently number one in search of its category on Google Play. We had covered topics like web design and how to know if it's the job for you, toxic work environment, the imposter syndrome, and how to keep your mind healthy in these conditions, as well as just had a pleasant conversation. Also, now my podcast is a part of the Podchaser community, so make sure to rate, follow and leave a review there. It's super easy and I'll be very grateful for your time and effort. The link can be found in the description of this episode. Make sure to click it and support this podcast with your opinion. Want to thank my guests one more time? As always, hope it makes your bad day a good day and a good day a little better. Until next week, farewell. again the party (laughs) so first of all thanks for joining me i'm sorry for the timing i was late well i am a night creature as well i hate it i don't like it i don't want to be a night creature but yeah i noticed that i am more effective if i work at night but that means that i am also trying to work throughout the day and i can't get anything done which is frustrating so i'm just waiting until like 11 or 12 p.m do you like sleep during a day like or you wake up late or something or how do you manage it oh uh, never no, i never sleep uh, mm-hmm. i read somewhere that if you eat and sleep it will make you fat so i try <laughs> to not sleep during daytime and alive so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also i have to work at my job uh throughout the day yeah that's also uh, i guess important i don't know <laughs> probably but yeah so that's fine totally fine i still have like two more hours before i go to sleep mm-hmm. i try to uh get up early so i mm-hmm. can finish my work earlier mm-hmm. but because i'm lazy i am i can't i can't do that you know trying to work on my laziness that's good as long as you're working on it i mean it's great. By the way, speaking of your work, I wanted to ask you how did it start for you? Like, how did you get interested in web design and how did you start working in the field? By accident, actually. Mm. So uh, <laughs> uh, I was studying at my university and my friend told me that there is a guy who is looking for uh, some students who might be interested in uh, being a quality tester of mobile games okay. and I thought wow I'll be playing games and I'll be getting paid for that cool so I spoke with that guy and he hired me but the very first day I learned mm-hmm. that actually I will not be a tester I will be a project manager of websites and so on and so on so I said okay okay I knew nothing about websites whatsoever i was not designing anything yet i was uh talking to the client and me being an introvert it was uh not great but i tried my best Uh, i was also working with uh, developers and actual designer Mm -hmm. Uh, and it lasted for like uh, maybe two years i guess and 
one day a web designer guy says uh, you know I want to quit and he did that so we had no designer we had project managers we had developers but no designer and by the time I was uh, becoming more and more interested in visual side of uh, website creation now why because all my life I was more of a, a visual guy. I would rather learn anything uh, visually. Uh, like I prefer letters. I don't like calls. I prefer letters. I prefer I prefer text messages. Uh, if you're telling me something mm-hmm. via call, I just I have troubles memorizing that. Okay. But when I see the text, mm-hmm. I can memorize. Okay, so that part was. It's very silly, but I can memorize that. Okay, this part was in email, so I have like a mental map of that email, and I can easily access and uh, remember uh, the content of the email. And I can't do that if you just uh, mm-hmm. speak to me or call with me. Um, so That's great. when I was uh, in, when you create a website, you you speak with the client, you get to know what they want, and so on and so on. But for mm-hmm. the designer, you create a so-called wireframe, which is like just a squares or rectangles. So like, okay, here you will have a big image of uh, your, I don't know, product you're selling. Here you will have some uh, text, mm-hmm. selling text. like, And here you will have news section and uh, Twitter feed section. So w- w- wireframes mm-hmm. are just low f- fidelity skeleton map of the website Mm -hmm. and i was working on this and as time went on i started to uh, make them usually more pretty colorful and you should not do that because that's not the purpose Mm -hmm. so uh, by the time this our designer left i kind of knew some stuff about visual design of websites yeah and when he left i we had a project incoming we had to design it and for three days i was uh, designing it just for myself i did not tell anyone Mm. just in case it it would be bad you know (laughs) Uh, so i did the design and in three days our other project manager told me that hey your wireframes are kind of cool looking you know maybe you want to be a designer and i was like well, you know, I actually have already designed the website. <laughs> You're like, actually, I, I wasn't ready, but... <laughs> yes, you know, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually is uh, my habit, I guess. When I was a little boy, like mm-hmm. five years old, uh, when I was about to learn a new word, I wasn't learning it with everyone else in the family. I would... Uh, lock myself in a room i would speak that uh, word 100 times just for myself until i'm sure i know how to pronounce it mm-hmm. then i would go out to everyone and proudly say some something <laughs> so yeah it was i think six years ago i want to say and after that i pretty much stopped being a project manager and became a designer mm-hmm. but my experience of working as project manager helped me a lot i also did some programming nothing serious 
but knowing how code works and knowing how relationship between the client and our team works mm-hmm. uh, really did help me just during the communication with either mm-hmm. developers or uh, project manager or even the client so yeah i became i chose this profession i'm working in it for seven years just by accident i wanted to be a game tester but you know <laughs> there was no games <laughs> no games no no games not yet <laughs> what a disappointment <laughs> <laughs> so maybe in the future who knows yeah. i definitely don't want to be a web designer for all my life i am almost 30 years old <laughs> Shh. that's 30 too much but if or when i change my career it still will be something uh, visual i guess I'm not a painter or something, an artist, but it will be something visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you like like photography and you like cinematography. Maybe you try something out there. I would love to. Uh, the only problem is in my head because I am used to think that there are real professions, you know, like a programmer or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Or, and there are... Mm-hmm. Less serious professions like uh, an artist, uh, who cares? Like you, you can't just uh, work full time and being, you know, a cinematographer. Obviously, you can. I know that you can, but mm-hmm. I have this uh, mental barrier in my head that tells me otherwise. So I think that it should take some uh, courage and balls. You know, uh, I think I am kind of that place. Maybe I will be in a couple of years uh, when I can just say. Okay, I have had enough of that. I am in a good position in my life. I can try something new and still make a living out of that. Mm-hmm. Now, will it be a cinematography or, you know, I love every aspect of cinematography. And if I will be even a cameraman, uh, that's just so great because when you look at great images or even paintings, there's something that captivates you and you look at it, it tells some kind of a story, you feel it, but you don't know how it makes it. And obviously there is a composition, there are colors and lighting and all of that stuff. So it it, it, it is a science really. And since I was a little boy and I was looking at those cool images from the movies, uh, I was like, oh, that's so great. One day I wanna be doing just that. Very good. Uh, I'm not doing that obviously now, but uh, still uh, I am in a visual medium, so it's not so far away. Uh, but yeah, I would love to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm returning back to uh, photography, as I have told you mm-hmm. several years ago, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's only several years, right? The first step has been taken. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just 30 years old, and so what? Uh, <laughs> And for, I, I'm not sure that I will be working as a photographer, but I I find a joy in taking pictures mm-hmm. and uh, working uh, with them in you know Photoshop or whatever, or just about uh, thinking how I would frame mm-hmm. something. Like I do walks now. I every day I go for a walk for one or two hours in my district, mm-hmm. and I see places that I have never seen before, and they kind of look interesting from you know photographer perspective mm-hmm. so i trying to look at the uh, place that surround me and see an image that is worth 
being, uh, you know, like uh, saved as an uh, image forever, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I can take a phone and uh, shoot, you know, my neighbors, but yeah. uh, there is nothing interesting in that. But now when I walk and see some, you know, abandoned building, uh, we have tons of them for some reason. Uh, I, I, I feel like there's something interesting in that. It just can be captured. So even if I won't be working as a photographer, I still try to train my eye to see that frame, that moment that is worth uh, capturing forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's nice. And also, it doesn't have to be a job. I mean, that's something that you like to do. Yeah. So I hope I, one day I will be uh, working as a cinematographer. Maybe in several years. All right. I don't remember exactly where we stopped. I think we were talking about me. Period. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the only topic that is worth to be uh, discussed. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not taking your lights away. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Like, I think we were talking about uh, me. <laughs> me? <laughs> well, it is a podcast with me, <laughs> yeah. after all, you know. With the... With... <laughs> so let's talk more about me. <laughs> let's talk about you. Such a nice person you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very good person. Yeah, I'm very humble. Yeah. And uh, they say uh, most interesting person to be. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> to Anyways. be, period, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, guys. Eight billion people. You're not me. <laughs> <laughs> so last year there was uh, this little thing called pandemic what was your biggest achievement when you were in a lockdown wow the interview turned around okay yeah, uh, yeah that's enough <laughs> of me um biggest achievement you mean last year like before 21 yes before 21 i don't remember <laughs> i mean i can i can give you 2021 achievements because there have been a lot yeah you started this podcast yes one of them also i kind of you know i kind of accumulated a lot of skills that i weren't good at before like for example i was horrible at searching the internet like whatever like i wanted to search for like a job let's say and like i don't know how it would never be working out like my mom goes like and that's it like 500 options like you know unicorn and rainbow like i go and nothing so let me get it straight yeah it's 2021 and you have just learned how to google <laughs> well it's not that i learned how to press search i hope but i don't know it kind of wouldn't work out i mean maybe i wasn't patient enough or something or i was searching for stuff and then i was like meh you know or something like that i don't know but anyways this is something that i learned so I was searching for a new job and I'm kind of succeeding at this, which is great. Oh, you learned how to Google and you are Googling for jobs. That's great. Yeah. You see from where to where, I mean. Yeah, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. That's nice. What else? I don't know. Like I learned some stuff. I got calmer and, you know, I value more like time or I'm more patient and stuff. So mm. yeah, like there, there are some things. Yeah, that... I, I can relate. Uh, also, I kind of went back to working out but mm, that's great you're not lazy i like that you're moving always on a move yes then i won't continue this sentence <laughs> <laughs> do you still dance just for yourself um no 
No, you don't remember how to dance anymore. No, I do remember, but like I don't do it for myself just now. But I talked about it in another podcast episode as well that like I build this system of uh, organization of tasks I want to do because like I always was thinking I want to sing, then I have to dance, then I have to this, and like yeah, so yeah, many yeah, things that yeah. I could never wrap my head around. So basically, I got like six tasks per six months or something. Yes. And I have planned for like two years. <laughs> it's kind of helping. I like when it. When I was younger, I was thinking that if I have a schedule like that, and if I know beforehand what I am doing, it's so boring and there is no freedom to that. But as I have grown up, I've come to think that actually there is a lot of freedom in knowing what you will be doing today and tomorrow and next month even just just because you know you have this information and mm-hmm. you are in, in control of it you decide that and uh, that's greatest freedom you can have i think so i yeah last year i have mentally grown up quite much i would mm-hmm. say i have become much calmer as well maybe you wouldn't think that but i was quite impulsive and uh, quick on different bad emotions i had two jobs and i left both of them maybe six mm-hmm. months before our lockdown and that time that i wasn't working for four months uh, and at time i used just to reflect and think it's so interesting that mm-hmm. i was uh, constantly hearing that people don't have time to uh, think and process their lives and i was like mm-hmm. How can that be true? Like, sit, sit down and think. Mm-hmm. But when I actually got the time for that, I've seen a lot of things in my life from a different perspective. And uh, I did mature quite a lot last year. But the reason why I asked you about achievements is because I wanted to brag. I lost nine kilograms last year. Ooh, congratulations. Thank you. But I have gained half of it back. But half? Yeah. There were no gyms. I had no job. And I had a lot of free time. So obviously I thought, well, let's work out at home. I was not really fat, as you can remember. But uh, one summer I was eating at least four or eight shawarmas a day. A day? A day. No. Yeah, homemade shawarmas. Homemade shawarmas, yes. But what? (laughs) It was so delicious. How could I stop? Are they the size of the normal shower They kind of were. Yeah, I don't remember anymore. That time has passed and I don't want to remember <laughs> it. So yeah, I changed mentally for the better. I stopped eating a lot of bad food. I almost don't eat uh, sugar, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, I was eating a lot of sweet, but now not anymore. Yeah, I love dinosaurs, by the way. Jurassic Park is they, my first favorite movie. Mm. And one of the reasons why I actually wanted to do something in cinematography because I saw this great movie and I wanted to do something similar to that. So yeah, just an inspiration. And I just wanted to say that you're doing this podcast uh, out of loop. I had no idea you wanted to do the podcast. Uh, it is quite inspirational as well. Uh, no, truly, because I have this stupid mental barrier, another one, that if I am doing something, I can't do anything else. Like I am this designer and... For me to just hop into some other industry. Mm. So uh, late, quote-unquote late, in my life, when I'm just 30 years old, I have this 
kind of fear that I will be starting all over again. And it, you know, seems like unreal to me. Mm. And uh, seeing how you succeed with your podcast and um, inviting, you know, people like, you know, me, uh, it's, <laughs> it's great, really. It's inspirational. So, yeah, you're great. Such an honor. <laughs> it is. I see you're a very humble person indeed. Yes, I am. First of all, I do not think that 30 is something much, honestly. I do not look at the age at all. I mean, like, come on. Why 30 is too much? Especially for these kind of things. Like, you can start whatever you want, whenever you want. Mm -hmm. There's no age required. Like, it's not gymnastic. So I can't start gymnastics. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. Second option. I ready? want it. <laughs> yeah. No gymnastics. How can you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get fit. I lost nine kilograms. You gave up shawarmas for gymnastics and here I am just breaking your dreams. <laughs> trying to get it back. <laughs> Thanks. No, but honestly, I think you should definitely start doing whatever makes you happy. You know, I understand, first of all, it's not easy to take your attention onto something else or like a couple of things. Like mm -hmm. for me, first problem to start any like podcast or YouTube channel was the fact that basically I didn't have ideas. So I was literally thinking like, what is it that I want to talk about? Like, I don't want to be just talking about my day only, you know, and like nothing else. So I wanted to have some kind of idea. And basically that's what took me probably the longest to come up with what is it that I want to do. Even though like it's kind of simple thing now, right? Like I'm just interviewing people. But also I think I needed this time to come up with the concept, come up with the structure, learn how to edit, do all these things and kind of prepare myself before I just jump into it. So obviously I'm still learning like on the way, you know, for example, if you listen to quality of my first podcast versus this quality, let's say, you can see a difference, even though this one is not great as well. But you see the difference. And basically, the dynamic towards the positive, towards the good, that's what I'm looking for now. I understand that it's not going to be great from the get-go. So I think with cinematography especially, I mean, web design kind of is related to visuals, as you mentioned also. So it's not that it's completely different, like you want to just go into, like, I don't know, history, you know, or teach geography or something, you know, like it's... It's not completely out of your field. And yeah, in general, I think just don't stop yourself on that. There was a period of my life when I was uh, learning new languages and I would start learning like Spanish, but I would leave it in two months and I would start learning Italian or uh, French and I would leave it mm. again in two months. So basically I can read in all those languages, but I can't speak mm -hmm. any of them because I just don't know words. Yeah. Is there any language that you want to learn? Elvish? Language of elves? No? Okay. <laughs> Maybe one day. No discrimination, but they have to stand in the line. <laughs> so, no offense to all the elves out there. But anyway, so um, I was learning Korean, so I still remember the grammar and I remember the writing. I can read it and everything. But because I didn't have a practice, I don't really have like that reach of a vocabulary. So this is something that I want to touch up on, basically, to be able to speak it properly and like understand and speak and all. Also, I want to touch up on my Persian. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> there's oh, the same wow. thing that I kind of know words that I speak a little and I kind of know the grammar, but, you know, there I just need more practice and more words again, and I'll be good. And after that, 
<laughs> and after that, I want to learn um, Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, still in line now. And then Elvish, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to the elves out there who's listening. I'm very sorry. That's great. It's interesting that you have chosen languages that are not, quote-unquote, popular, like French or German or something like that. Uh, when I was a little boy, I was not talking any language at all. Like, I did not want to talk. So I developed my own language. Mm. There were very few words. Uh, one of them was a swear word, like very, very bad word. And if I was using it, it meant that I was in a very bad mood. I was four years old when I started finally talking. I yeah, very late and I just can't stop talking since then. Uh, but yeah, I still use some of those uh, words in my life. Actually, maybe I should develop it, like talking did with uh, Elvish language and other languages. Just do it after the podcast interview, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Keep the English for now, please. <laughs> okay, I want to do it now. Right. Actually, if you mind me asking, how many years has it been that you're a web designer? Like six years, you said? Seven, mm. kind of seven years. So I think you're credible enough to answer this question. What advice would you give a person who is interested in pursuing web design? And basically, what are some qualities that you think he needs to have to be able to do it? How should a person understand that this is the job for him or her? There are many, many directions that one can go in web design. So first of all, when people who are not in the industry say web design, they mean one thing. But when people who are in the industry say web design, they mean... A different thing mm -hmm. so when designing a website there is a need for okay what you must understand is this is not an art you are not an artist you are not creating things just for them to look pretty cool from your point of view you have to forget about your point of view actually as a person uh, you're not an artist when you're designing a website you are mm -hmm. helping your client to achieve their goals, whatever it will be. Mm -hmm. Me, I am currently designing online stores. This means that I am helping my clients to communicate different uh, ideas. Like, for example, my latest project was the, I'm not trying to brag, but it was damn big website. Mm -hmm. They were selling uh, sawmills and they had a really, really detailed, complex visual language mm -hmm. of the colors, illustrations, and so on. And my task was to take all of it, take wireframes, which I was talking about earlier, and make something of it that would make sense. And what does that mean? When I'm designing, I am constantly keep in mind that it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's not even about the client. It is about uh, the user. So if I would design with their colors, their illustrations, their content, texts and images, I would design something that looks cool and uh, pretty mm -hmm. but it's not usable what's the point it's their business and their numbers would just go down is it worth it it's not mm -hmm. they're not hiring me to sometimes clients are hiring designers to make things look pretty obviously but uh, making things pretty for the sake of making things pretty that's going nowhere really so the very first thing that one should understand is it's not an art it's uh, actually I would say a skill of combining mm -hmm. something that you think mm -hmm. is useful with what client 
things is useful. Now that's a skill, and someone might say it is an art of itself, you know, art of communication and so on, but it's uh, just a skill. Uh, it is something that I have learned early on in my career. Mm-hmm. In my first two jobs, everyone was talking to me. Everyone was saying that what you're doing is not important. It's just design, okay? Mm-hmm. And I was, th- I was lazy. I was thinking, oh, great, no responsibility on me. Wonderful. And that was such a big mistake. Why am I saying this? Design is important. Web design is important. How website looks is important. How it works is important. Mm-hmm. When I'm designing a website, I'm not just designing its uh, visual. I'm also designing its logic and help design its architecture. And this is something that most people don't understand. Design is not just uh, visual. Design is also how things uh, works. Mm-hmm. Like, for example... It's also a structure, right? Yeah, it is a structure. How would I organize all elements on their web page so they would make sense and guide user from one point to another mm-hmm. and uh, make user understand what we want to tell him and her? Because there is one thing what we are telling the user and there's another thing what user is actually hearing and understanding. Mm-hmm. So visuals like colors and font sizes is one of the very last things that I'm actually doing. Uh, it's all start with idea, what we want to tell our user, mm-hmm. its structure, its uh, how elements uh, on this page communicate with each other. Like one of the greatest tasks that anyone should start with is, let's say there is an, uh, some kind of uh, event somewhere and you have uh, event's name, you have the list of guests and a date, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to make a banner out of that. But don't use colors, use just black and white. You have a lot of text, but don't uh, use more than one font size. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't use any effects. So it's just a blot of text. How would you organize that so it still looks good? Mm-hmm. And after that, okay, you may add another font size and play with that now. Mm-hmm. Again, something that any, everyone should understand is it's not art. It's a business. It's a job. It's not art. Mm-hmm. And the visual side of things comes quite late into the game. There are different uh, directions in web design, like user interfaces. That's purely uh, visuals. I'm having a structure. I already have a logic. Someone made it. I just have to make things look pretty cool. Mm -hmm. There is user experience, which has almost, well, I wouldn't say nothing to do with uh, user interfaces, but it, it is much bigger than user interfaces. It makes sure that user has a great time on the website Mm -hmm. and clearly on every step of his or her journey understands where he or she is, Mm -hmm. what he or she can do, and most importantly, they know what they uh, want. Like we are telling them, hey, you want to buy a sawmill? Mm -hmm. Here you have it, like a big button or something. So yeah, it's about navigating user. We are so accustomed of using uh, websites. They're used to some patterns. They are unaware of the system. Uh, and they also don't expect some new stuff. Like, you know that profile link will be somewhere in the right upper corner because it's there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and so on and so on. So there is no reason for me to put it in a bottom left corner. Why? Like, it, it sounds cool and rebellious and, oh, <laughs> I have this idea and vision, but what's the point? Who are you working for? What are you working I'm for? I'm so rebellious. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, rebellious designer. <laughs> Uh, so yeah 
So you see there there are some kind of like structure and analytics behind it. So, you know, it's not that you just put like pretty stuff all over the website, right? Like you have to think through what you're doing because actually I think also marketing is being often uh, underestimated, you know, yes. like, oh, what is marketing? Like basically it's a blah, 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 right? But actually it's one of the like at least 60% of the successful company, you know, if you sell something because you can have, a normal thing and a good marketing and a great thing and a bad marketing and at least they're gonna go like the same pace because i think marketing is very important as well and like what you're saying now for example if i'm a user right and i want to like let's say some kind of new website is being introduced to me and i just decided to go check it out so it's not something that i really want to sign up for i just want to check right mm -hmm. so i feel like if i go there yeah. And it's kind of complicated to get around. I just say, you know, I don't need it. Like, who cares? Whatever. Yeah, I'm lazy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But if it's yes. very appealing and easy to use, like if all the guidance are there, like, for example, if you want these, here you are, you need this service, there you go. Like, you need to get to this point. That's how you do it. When it's convenient, a person is like 100% more likely to use your services so and that's when you come into play to make it convenient and the guidance for basically the customer am i right that's so true it's so important that uh, there are actually separate professions of analytics and guys who i'm i don't want to throw uh, terms but inside my team there are uh, people who work just on analytics who are just sending some wireframes and testing them with users mm -hmm. just to see whether or not this wireframe uh, works. There are well-known statistics that mm -hmm. when someone is entering a website, they decide whether or not they want to stay on this website in first like two to five seconds. That's such a small amount of time. And this is where those patterns come into play. Patterns that I was talking about, like logo in the left corner, like profile link in the right corner. Mm -hmm. No one want to see your website because of your unique structure. Yeah. Why someone entering your website? because they want something for themselves. No one cares about your design. No one cares about your you know, great uh, idea behind your website. Mm -hmm. A user wants a benefit for him or herself. They want something for themselves. They don't care about you. And as a designer, you're in this uh, really weird place where you have to think about user, but you also have to please your client. Mm -hmm. Because very often clients have um, little to no idea what they want, mm -hmm. and they might have some terrible ideas. Also, you as a designer, you want to make so it looks good, but you want to try something new just so you're not stagnant and in one place, mm -hmm. you know, career-wise. So it's never boring, I would say. So yes, I agree that uh, there are a lot of little uh, statistics and analytics that are very important. Like take Netflix, for example. They are watching you every second. They know not just which movies you, you like to watch, but also how many seconds you are watching this trailer how many seconds you are reading the description of some movie yeah because again the description of a movie it's important it's also part of a design because if i'm reading it for five seconds and i'm not watching the movie it means that description is probably bad and it should be rewritten so one by one one by one that's something that i want to say as well it's very iterative process it's iteration after iteration if you think if you have an ego and you think that whatever you produce is ideal and perfect, mm -hmm. you will have a bad time. Yeah. You will have to learn to admit that something that you have designed is not bad, but mm -hmm. not useful for in this particular case. So 
don't take it personally. It's never about you as a person. Like you can apply to any field, obviously. When you get critique of your work, it's not personal. It's not about you. No one is saying you are bad mm -hmm. because they really they don't care about you. They care about your work and what you do. And instead of oh how dare they say this to me, you should think oh okay they have a different idea. Yeah. Let's see how I can better it. How I can produce something different. Mm -hmm. So just if you have an ego, yeah, I should work on that. Because it's really easy for someone to say, you know, that website looks like shit. It's mm -hmm. bad. And you're designing, oh, I was working for two months. Yeah. No one will say this to a developer because code always looks like a code. It either works or it's not. You can start, you can write a code and it will look beautiful. Like when you're watching it, like, you know, Matrix code, it looks cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, a lot of designers have problems uh, with that because they go in and thinking it's some kind of an art and mm. if you treat it like an art and you treat yourself like an artist that means that you are living part of yourself in your work and some, when someone criticizes it you feel bad but you have to understand they're not criticizing you they're just saying what you have done I think is not the best for what I want Mm. So let's do another mm. round. I see. So it's not that they say like you're a bad professional. They basically say whatever you made is not suiting my request at the moment, right? That's true. It doesn't say anything about you or your skills, right? Not at all. Not at all. If they're saying then they're just bad employers. And you, if you can, you should run. <laughs> I have worked with bad employers and I have realized that very, very late. But you just should run far away. Because you do deserve better. You do deserve to grow with great people who can teach you something. Like what I'm talking about, I have learned this just last year when I have started working where I am working currently now. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I had a client said, no, I don't like it. We tried something different. We tried again. But in the end, they said no and they left. It was the first time in my life, in my career, when clients said, nope. Thank you, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And I had a panic attack because I was I had just started working in this new place. There was a lockdown, a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, oh, no, they have just hired me. The client has left. Uh, they will fire me. They did not fire me, obviously. That was a very important moment because I have realized it was not that... Obviously, yes, I, I designed something that they did not like. Okay, cool. That still doesn't mean that next 10 clients will not like what I would design for them, mm -hmm. then maybe there is a problem in me. But that did not happen. So sometimes... <laughs> Just a disclaimer. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm perfect. <laughs> so uh, sometimes failures will uh, happen and you can just learn from it. I believe that negative experience is still an experience. Even if it's your ego that will not be as prominent and strong, that's great. If you will learn at least that, to take a critique differently, that's great. Do just that. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask, you know, something that you wish you knew when you were starting, since you're kind of in the industry, you know, like some tips and tricks of what you wish you would have known when you begun the career, basically. So I think that's what you just said now really suits this next question. And also, if you have some other... One more thing that I would like to add. So exactly when I was dealing with uh, that client, I was stressed. Mm -hmm. And there was someone's live stream that I was watching on YouTube. He was like working in a 3D software or something. And uh, I asked, like, you know, when 
you're working with client and client doesn't like it like what should you do how can you take a very critique and not think that you will be fired mm -hmm. and that guy gave me just a great advice he was not saying some spiritual things like oh believe in yourself or something he gave me a very practical advice he said something very simple look for references mm. and like if you're designing a website that is about say selling cars go and do your research and be sure that uh, you've done your best so these two things a research references other websites in a similar industry mm -hmm. be sure that you've done your best so simple but i have never thought about it it kind of opened my eyes mm -hmm. when you know you've done your best that feeling it gives you confidence in your decisions and in yourself when you're sending or presenting your designs mm -hmm. so that's another trick that i want to say find what other people do if you will find something interesting think hmm, why did they do that what can be the reasoning behind that uh, use it change it if you want to don't let this panic of oh my god a blank canvas no design how should i start don't let that take over you mm -hmm. start with uh, research start with there is a thing called uh, mood boards uh, it is a collection of images that kind of looks like what you want to do in the end and when you see a bunch of those images your subconscious start analyzing them and help you produce or generate an idea that will be helpful for your design mm -hmm. So yes, a research, it's very important. Mm -hmm. So there's dedicated websites and if you're a designer, you already know what those websites are like Drupal or Behance or even Pinterest. Like I find a lot of cool looking stuff on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Find things that you will like visually. Mm -hmm. Think of what you can use from those things. And in the end, make sure that you've done your best. Because when you're confident, that's like 50% of it, truly, really. Also, I think it's important to be confident first for yourself because whatever and whoever customer you're going to meet on the way, mm -hmm. you will know yeah. that it's not you. Yeah. You know, even if they complain, you know that you are good at what you're doing. And again, if it doesn't suit their needs at the moment or they just don't like, for example, the color you're using or like, you know, because oftentimes I believe clients don't really know much about what things they need to provide actual value to the customer they just have their own idea of like, I want a pink unicorn on a, like a whiteboard. Okay. And basically, you know what actually the needs are. So you might provide them something that actually would work for the customers and bring, you know, them success to the business, but they don't understand it. So they're going to be just like, no, it's not pink unicorn. I don't like it. Goodbye. You know? So I think as long as you understand this idea and you are confident, as you mentioned, in yourself and your skills, you're just going to be like, okay, if you want to work with someone else, just work with someone else. You continue doing what you're doing. Totally. It's actually beneficial to not work with a client that is so, uh, how can I say, such a slow learner and he or she actually drags you back. What you're going to learn from this new project but so if you can it is actually better to say no sometimes mm -hmm. either wait for another project or work with someone else mm -hmm. like my last big project those guys they actually knew what they want they knew their client they had a very specific uh, visual you know tricks mm -hmm. and the branding system and it was a different experience because they already knew what they wanted 
they just needed someone to design the web page so in this case it was different i had to learn the way they were thinking so that my creation would still be true to their branding system and still be useful for you know users of their website mm -hmm. so sometimes rarely but this also happens where clients know what they want and it's not actually bad mm -hmm. in this particular case it was really very very not subtle in your face but in the end, I grew up to, you know, like it. So yeah, it, sometimes you just have to go with client if they really know what they want. Mm -hmm. Like several years ago, I, I had this client again. He knew what uh, he wanted, but it was bad. It was mm. really, really, really bad. Well, he knows. He just wants it. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, uh, we did not say no to him. I have designed what he wanted. And now it's just a meme for me that oh well, I, I worked on that yeah it's funny uh, so yes I see also what I wanted to mention is that you actually have designed this application of your own which reached over the million views right over the million downloads yes on the Play Store yes downloads sorry yeah it's a different industry there are no views <laughs> uh, I can tell you the number of views I just have to dig our analytics section <laughs> no no it's fine but yeah we know what our views are yeah <laughs> so uh yes this application again it started really really like on an accident but what I love the most about it is that I have designed something that uh, actually helps people mm -hmm. so what kind of application is it is it is the application for posture exercises really oh yes like if you have a bad posture or problems with your back maybe back pains or tension in your shoulders or back you can download it it's called perfect posture thank you <laughs> uh, it is the first like in the play store on android it's also on uh, ios that's cool so yeah and there are a lot of different exercises in it and a lot of people have written reviews and an email that it helps it just helps them that's very good and i was amazed by that because before that i was just designing you know online stores or informational websites i had no idea what kind of effect those websites were having on their visitors like i had no even analytics i had no idea whether or not my decisions were affected mm -hmm. but now it's just two of us me and my friend who's a developer now we can track everything and we know it's useful we know that we bring something actually good mm -hmm. to people and some of those stories are really touching people say that like for years they had uh, problems with their bags and in just several days i'm not trying you know to brag about our application but like honestly they said that in just several days they uh, felt a difference with their bag mm -hmm. another thing is it is an exercise application so you have to exercise daily so they develop a habit a routine of you know these 10 minutes exercises which is another great thing because if you're lazy and you procrastinate a lot this little thing little application it can help you start somewhere like it will Help you develop a habit of at least doing these exercises yeah so it may affect you positively short term with your back but also long term because it's a positive experience mm -hmm. that you had so yeah i'm very 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 happy that the application that i'm working on is not greedy like something filled with ads we do have ads obviously mm -hmm. but positive user experience 
is the the first place it's not my main job yeah and those people's experiences is a great uh, motivation to continue working and develop it so yeah mm-hmm. no i mean it's a great thing also i think like you know it's like health related it actually helps people and honestly i have some back pain so i will go and download it myself oh really leave a review please thank you <laughs> <laughs> honestly because you know i'm a professional dancer i was always moving you know i was doing acrobatics and all this stuff yeah. and this like past year or two let's say i was rather static like i was sitting you know i had an office job so because all of that uh, i started having some pain in my shoulders like in my hands a little bit lower back you know like i i, I basically i feel older <laughs> when i kind of shouldn't kind of. <laughs> so i feel like yeah i feel like you know i i feel my muscles in a in a wrong way mm-hmm. now not from exercising as i'm used to but from something that should be treated so i will definitely check it out and also um this is like how did you come up with exercises or like who came up with exercises because it's kind of doctor physician's job rather no? so it's funny because my friend who developed this application when he was studying university he had to create some application for his professor or something mm-hmm. and he did some uh, fancy uh, predictor application that predicts uh, the gender of your baby or something <laughs> okay and he asked me to make a design for it, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. So, and he uploaded it on a Play Store mm-hmm. and just left it there. Oh, I think you told me about this application early on. Really? Yeah, probably. I think so. Uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Like several months have passed and he noticed that people are actually downloading that application, <laughs> which was like, wow, really? Who needs that? But no, people... Who needs to know the gender of the baby's gender? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, oh, that's interesting. Let's let's try it. So we have added more stuff. I have redesigned it. We have added not just gender prediction, but eye color prediction, hair color prediction, weight prediction, something else, blood types, you know, like... Does it work? <laughs> That's my only question, though. Well, actually, kind of, yes. Like, is it some kind of psychic application? Like, blood type, you can predict really good. You know, uh, there are some, like, formulas for that. Uh, but whenever I tried it, it was correct almost always mm. i i don't know like it's not 100 percent, but almost always it was correct for some reason that's interesting uh we did our research we were trying to understand how can we predict a weight of a newborn baby mm-hmm. and we had complex math formulas like mother's weight in her first trimester minus her weight in her third trimester something like that <laughs> i can't remember now but we did our best to not be a fraud basically this topic is hard enough yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, and for you to try to re- understand like how it works, like the science behind it to predict the future, that is pretty bold. I mean, good job. <laughs> Thank but... you. It was also stupid. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of worked out, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it was working out until Google blocked our application. Okay. <laughs> uh, because we were promising what could not be, like we could not actually tell someone what their baby gender can be we had a disclaimer granted but well okay uh so after that we started thinking well 
we had this little team mm -hmm. so why waste it why lose it yeah let's think what else can be done and we're thinking about different uh, applications and what we have so obviously we were guys we wanted to work out and we were watching for these uh, workout mm -hmm. applications this guy my friend had some back problems okay and he was searching for a nice back uh, workout application mm -hmm. so he thought hmm, maybe we should do it uh, we did an application that is working and also looks good when user is on the play store uh, the first point of contact is uh, you know screenshots from the application mm -hmm. so it should look better than not better okay uh, let's be humble it should look <laughs> different from all other applications but yeah so we did that mm -hmm. Then there was second point of contact. When user downloads the application and starts using it, it should work flawlessly. Yeah. As flawlessly as you can get it. So he did that. And the result was that, uh, again, not trying to brag, because we do have other applications. Mm -hmm. We are not the only one. Yeah. But we took some percent of this audience uh, with us. Mm -hmm. And we have loyal fan base. Loyal. <laughs> 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 we have a loyal audience who continue to yeah we are stars now you know we're celebrities yeah but uh, we have this loyal audience who using just our application mm -hmm. for quite a long time because we have these uh, 30 days courses you know no that's great i mean so it came out of an accident and we thought hmm, it can be a nice side job mm -hmm. actually and for over a year we are maybe two years at least for a year we're working on it mm -hmm. almost every day and uh, great activity again it's just great to know that my side job is really useful for people and it's not something you know stupid like a baby predictor application which was fun okay but this one it's just better i mean it's very nice i mean you learned something from there i bet i did yes the best thing i just can see how I have grown as a designer. Mm -hmm. So this application has been out for a year. Mm -hmm. And when I see my, you know, old designs, mm -hmm. I see decisions that I made, I am thinking, huh, maybe I can do better now. Mm. <laughs> and that's great because yeah. one year have passed, I have grown. So, um, yes. I see. I think since you like it so much, maybe you should consider pursuing it more seriously in a way of like, rather than a side hustle, maybe you can be an application developer or more, you know, kind of into web designing for application, especially since you have a companion and a friend who is also interested in the same field, maybe. And also like you have a fan base <laughs> and you have, you know, people who are oh, interested and obviously as long as you provide value, you know, I think they're going to stick by you and it's going to attract more people. So it obviously works out for you. Maybe you should also consider looking that way. We do think about that, you know, in the end. It would be nice to leave our uh, full-time jobs and concentrate on just these applications. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of scary because with full-time job, you kind of have a sense of stability. Yeah. And uh, with these applications, I mean, obviously there are ads where uh, we have a premium feature. Mm -hmm. This application pays for itself, obviously, but kind of needs some more time to be sure that, okay, we can just work on just these applications just on our little company from now on. Uh, some more time should pass. We need to roll out more applications, I believe. We just have one for now, mm -hmm. uh, which we've been very fortunate with. But we do think about that, and that would be nice because what can be greater than working 
on your own project, mm-hmm. not for for someone working on your own project when where you know everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's also again something you like and enjoy working on. That's so great. I would love to do that. Yeah. So I do hope yes that in the end we will be able to just do that no it's definitely scary i mean like when you start something new it's scary enough especially if it's something like a gamble ish you know like you never know if it actually shoots like if one shot doesn't mean that all of your application is gonna work oh yes but i think since one did work out and i don't know for your friend but apparently he is also a professional same as you are oh thank you (laughs) yeah you have the base for you know so like your risk have a place to be taken you know what i'm saying yes of yes. course you need to think through and like obviously I'm, I'm no expert in your field you know better i'm not saying go quit your job and then blame me for risking <laughs> please don't <laughs> but i think that you know you need to wait how much of a risk is in the moving to the basically um, developing applications and i definitely think that you have a potential in that field and it's really really important to be doing something that you like now for example that i started podcast and like i'm thinking of doing youtube and i'm kind of preparing for that as well um for like for me i have no idea if it's going to work out or not like obviously i'm not doing it as a job right now and i can't do it as a job not right now hopefully in the future it's gonna be possible but even just doing these even in the beginning i really enjoy it like it really gives me you know like an outlet for my creativity or like some things that I would like to do so it definitely worth it and oh my god if I will be able to make it into a career or a job I'm gonna be so happy so like definitely if you have a chance to risk it oh yes and also with your friend like the environment wise it's really important who you work with because also I know like you told me you had these difficulties before that even led to the imposter syndrome right like you were really affected by this toxic environment oh yes 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 so first of all what is imposter syndrome so it's basically you look at the work of other people and you think well i will never be able to do that i am just bad Mm -hmm. and this is very negative thinking this is such a lie uh, because you don't know those people you don't know how much and hard they worked on their product which you were observing, uh, it's a dead end. You should not definitely think about that. I guess that's another advice that I would give to anyone who's coming to any creative field. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking at someone's work, use it as inspiration and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Don't use it as a way to you know, berate yourself. Obviously, there's no point in that, but uh, it's very, very uh, common uh, in designers to have this imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. you look at uh, let's say apple's websites which obviously is very well done mm-hmm. obviously and then you look at your website and it's not like apple's <laughs> and why but the reason is you had a different situation you have yeah. a different client you have everything was different so why do you even compare mm-hmm. why do you look at someone's product and you compare it to your product and you're looking for negativities Mm-hmm. it's very easy we're, we're kind of accustomed to think negatively yeah. which is uh, obviously bad to learn thinking in a different way is crucial in a positive way is crucial mm-hmm. the way to stop 
having this imposter syndrome is to just you know it's it's all about your inner uh, thoughts and self-confidence like when i'm watching on, on those websites i mentioned like mm-hmm. drupal and behance i'm seeing works from my field and i know that i can do it like i can open my program software and i can work for a day or two whatever and i can design it and i can upload it cool great so i can do it mm-hmm. there is no question that i cannot do it i know all the tools uh maybe i don't know how specifically that uh, i don't know gradient or image filter something was achieved but i can do something similar to that so it's not on me it's about the project that i'm having it's about client i'm working with and it's about remembering that I'm not the only one who is working on the project. So although they, I am a designer, the final design is not just my responsibility in the end. I am just one player of a big team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, rem- remembering that is uh, the key mm-hmm. to you know defeating this imposter syndrome. Uh, also, just don't work with toxic people. Uh, work with it's so easy to say that but if you can't leave leave them if you can find a company you know mm-hmm. uh, that will it's so boring what i'm saying now but until last year i, I was always an only designer in the room so i had no one to talk about about designs or someone i could show my designs and have a professional feedback from someone in my field mm-hmm. until last year and that was huge i remember when i was explaining to my art director that yeah. I did that because I had this in mind and I was explaining that to her and she said I know like she had so much experience mm-hmm. she knew it and she said I know why you did that and this that was cathartic almost mm-hmm. to have someone to say I know yeah. and they were really they meant it yeah they understood it there were no explanations needed so playing in a team was is just great and having people like-minded people other designers who can, you can talk to mm-hmm. uh, is really really helpful but don't forget that sometimes you just should not implement it but you need to hear it mm-hmm. so yes don't compare your work with others uh, in a negative way always try to learn from someone do not ever think that oh I will never be that good. Comparing yourself to others is never healthy in general, but especially when it's in the field related to art and, you know, like, say, again, dance, would it be for me, you know, like, or singing, dancing, like the kind of thing, for example, that is related to some pure, well, not maybe just talent, but like, if you compare your talents to other people, this is completely irrelevant because like, this is something that you can develop, but it's something that you also are kind of born with, you know? And like, same Uh thing, for example, if I'm going to be envious towards a good chess player and saying like, oh my God, he's so good and I can't play chess well. And like, you know, I'm going to ruin my life for myself because I can't play chess as well as the other guy does. I mean, like the best thing you can do, I think is, even though it's much easier to just procrastinate and, be envious or jealous or upset the best thing you can do is just practice 
and learn and you know do your best and basically you're gonna definitely get to the point where you're gonna be comfortable with the way you are after all the path that it took you to achieve whatever you're gonna achieve i'm sure a person's gonna be like you know what i don't care what that guy is I- i'm glad where i am now and in general in your situation also first of all again of course comparing is pretty toxic i mean wh- what can it give you right you either gonna say like, oh, he's so horrible and kind of judge and, you know, hate or be negative if you think that you're much better than the other person. Or you're gonna say like, oh, I'm so bad because he's so good, right? So there's basically no value that you can take out of it. I hate comparing. I learned it pretty early on, I think, or maybe it's just my nature. I don't know. But I always said like, I should never compare. Me is me. Other people are other people whatever that's healthy. okay if i if i think that someone has something nice i just say okay if i want that thing i'm gonna go and try to get that thing so basically you know i don't care if the person has it or not just kind of gives me a understanding of what i want to get for myself i wanted to ask about that yeah. yeah working with toxic people is so basically comparing is not always the main problem it's also about the environment you work in and you know even though you don't live with these people, right? But you still spend a decent amount of your day with them. And if your environment there is unhealthy or hateful or, you know, unpleasant, it's really going to affect you. So you as a person, first of all, and of course, that will affect your work and everything else. So I talked about it in my another episode as well about working in Turkey with some people. In that case, you can imagine I was working and living with them, which was like 24-7 horrible experience. But again, I learned from that. The advice that I can give on like after my experience of um, that, because I think um, also I've been asked, how did I manage to stay in Turkey after all this experience and like not run back to my family, you know, and say like, it was bad. I don't want it. I want my mom, right? Mm-hmm. I think what I can say is you should think about first if whatever happens, if you actually can blame yourself for that, like if you actually did something, so rationally think about it. Maybe you told someone something that you don't remember, but it actually happened to be, you know, hurtful. Which in my case, I looked into whatever happened and there was nothing that could have caused the reaction that it they were um, giving. Mm-hmm. And after I realized that there's actually nothing from my end that happened, I just understood that there are certain people out there who just like to live in this environment, or maybe they just don't know better. Maybe that's how they always lived, and that's yeah. what the only thing they know. So basically, later on, realized that I'm looking at people who I kind of been watching always having fights among each other, and I was just kind of always out of the picture because I was never getting like too much involved. And then they just kind of got bored of that, and decided to all turn on me. So, of course, it wasn't easy because, again, you have to live with these people and, like, a lot of cussing going on around the house, a lot of, like, about some, like, very, very minor... Like, I remember one time they were arguing about, like, cheese, like, who ate my cheese or something. And they were, like, cussing each other out, you know, like, in the worst ways possible. So, I guess I just understood that I want to separate my life from them as much as possible for like it's definitely very hard 
Like, I understand what you're talking about. It might not be affecting professional life for me. Like, it wasn't really affecting professional life. But, you know, it just it just feels like, oh, I have to go back to them again. Like, and all the interest is just disappears, you know, like, oh, I have to go through this again over and over 500 times. Like, oh, my God, even though I know I'm okay, like I didn't do nothing. It's still, of course, tiring and pretty annoying. And also, you know, there's a feeling that like at first I tried to realize what was like genuinely what was the problem. So like even if it's not me, so what is it? Okay, like maybe I can help or maybe I can like resolve something like whatever. And later on, you just understand that there's no point. That's just how these people are and that's how they like to be. Yeah, this is something that uh, really helped. To me, when I realized that it's not just me who is struggling mm-hmm. and who is not sure about some things, it's everyone. And I knew it, but it just was like maybe last year again when I truly realized that the majority have no idea what they're doing. It's all about looks, and if someone uh, behaves over the top like those also it's important like to not to kind of fall into this personality of those toxic people and kind of become one of them to kind of you know get rid of the problems of your own like to not to endure it just to become one of them i'm so glad that i didn't do it because again it was temporary and like so whoever out there listening (laughs) if they're on the same like problems honestly this is temporary so it doesn't work to become one of those toxic people it's gonna harm your own life only which is not always easy to leave this environment you know like i think for me it wasn't the worst obviously because it was only one month oh wow i spent two and a half years and basically that's it and like in this situation like obviously you can't just quit your i mean you can but why would you quit your job like your stability for some people right so of course my situation wasn't the worst out there I understand definitely what you mean and it's pretty brutal. There is one thing that people like this love to do to make you think that this workplace, this level is the best you can hope for. Like there is can't be better than you are now with them. And they're not telling this in a good way, like you're just bad and you won't be better than you currently are now. It gets to you, it got to me. And I was thinking, well, I had this imposter syndrome. I was just thinking that, well, how can I have a different job when I'm doing that? And even this is bad. No, this is this is very, very toxic. It yeah. was not an accident. They knew what they were doing. I had it in a light way, I think. I knew my friends were working uh, with me and they had it much, much, much harder. Uh, they shared similar stories that their mindset was that I'm lucky to be at least here. I'm lucky to have this job. I should not complain. And this is very, very toxic and damaging. It's it's a long way, let's say, to like one thing when you understand something, but the other thing that you need to really feel it and act on it, you know, like it's easy to for me to, for example, say if someone comments on your profession or on personality or whatever just you know know that they don't know better and just you know know that you know better but of course it doesn't work that easy that you know ah oh, that's what i should do okay but like 
that's it <laughs> fixed so of course it's hard to get to the point where you honestly are not gonna care like constructive criticism is always good because like you know you don't look at your um work or yourself from the side so for example but i think it's important who to take it from so for me personally from friends family loved ones you know or people that i think or like professionals let's say that i know they know what they're talking about i will listen but if let's say some random person or like random co-worker comes to me and says you know you're like bad I'm going to say turn around and goodbye. <laughs> like, honestly, maybe I used to be different before. Like, honestly, at this point, I don't even recall if I always been this way. But of course, I was more impressionable before. But I think, I think you know, as long as you're understanding it, this is the first step. Because then you can keep working towards getting used to not caring. And like telling those people to, you know, just go and take care of themselves first. Um, so I think, yeah, if you understand it first, that's already a good sign and you're gonna get there eventually uh, there was this moment when it became much much easier for me when i tried to understood why they're saying things they were saying or acting the way they were acting and once i understood that it was because they had a uh, huge 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 ego problems mm-hmm. they lacked self-confidence you know the healthy one uh, they were compensating mm-hmm. I mean, the red flags were there, like they had no one to work with, like mm-hmm. all their friends, their relatives, they turned their backs mm-hmm. on them and they were hiring uh, newbies, like young students who didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Once I realized that I kind of maybe should pity yeah. them and not be angry mm-hmm. at them, I, I, was not, I was not pitying them, obviously, but once I realized that in a moral way mm-hmm. now i have a high ground you know i am superior because i see what they're doing i know why they're doing this yeah. possibly why they're doing this i'm not letting it get to me and i can just you know i can just reflect it back to them or just say ah, okay and, and it truly and truly will be mm-hmm. okay yeah so th- that was yeah big moment I do have one more question for you. Before dance numbers, like when you are preparing, do you have stage fear? Like, are you worrying? Or are you like, oh, I'll go and dance. I know everything. Well, I never had really a stage fear in a way of like, you know, when you like have chills or something like people you describe, like you kind of freeze and you don't know what to do and you, you know, think you forget everything and stuff. But of course, like, you know, even every time when I record an interview right now, I feel a little nervous. I mean, like, you know, there is something when you're like, think, what if something yeah. goes wrong? I mean, you know, what if something happens? Like, whatever, would it be a presentation or whatever responsibility that I need to be taking upon myself? It's same as stage for me. So, and also, once you go on stage, it all passes so fast. Like, you literally, you prepare, you go out and you're back. And the more and the more it happens, obviously, you know, mentally you also get calmer every time you do more repetitive tasks. Um, I would rather say that I really enjoy being on stage. Like, it's very fun and I feel like stage belongs to me. You know, it feels like I'm owning it. Oh, wow, it's really? fun. Yeah, I have a huge ego. What can I do? <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah, hello. No, I think it's, it's because, you know, I, 
I don't like to have this false ego in a way of like saying I'm good at something that I know I'm not just for people to say it or just for people to think or something. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's kind of also a great responsibility on myself because I always want to be great at whatever I'm doing. First of all, for me to like and approve. So I guess also that contributes to the reason why I'm not really searching for approval from others because my approval is much harder <laughs> to achieve I feel like yeah but also I like it I don't know I like that I'm having high standards that's wonderful that's cool when you actually achieve things <laughs> that's great something to learn from actually but fear of public speaking again I don't think it's gonna be like phobia as I'm not gonna do it you know I go no I can't but definitely I'm gonna be more nervous like I, I can see myself like palm sweating and stuff <laughs> oh wow really probably yeah because again like when i get used to it like now every time i record interview i'm getting better like i feel comfortable more comfortable with it but every time i start or i set it up i have this feeling maybe i should do it tomorrow and then i'm like nope yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right here <Yeah>. right now <laughs> let's go <laughs> that's great that's something to learn from actually Aww. it's really good yeah well, what can I say? You can uh, close your podcast now. You will not have a better... Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, now, now is the end. This is the last episode of my podcast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <Last episode. laughs> Thanks for listening to Everything Irrelevant just for this moment today. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for having me. Sure. I'm very glad. I was actually really, really humbled that you wrote to me and considered me interesting enough for the conversation. I did not expect that. I had no idea you were doing podcasts. I would definitely not expect that you would think, oh, you might be interesting for this thingy. <laughs> no, sure. It was really, really nice. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, you're an interesting person. So it was no problem thinking of you in considering you for this. Also, I think you're doing interesting thing thank and you, you have a lot of things to say in your own language, in Elvish, in real, whatever that would be. No discrimination, open-minded. So next time, maybe we're going to have an interview in Elvish. I try to learn it. Oh, great. Great. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for that. That would definitely be the best interview. <laughs> yes, of course. For specifically for my Elvish audience. <laughs> Definitely gonna get yeah. the biggest like amount of views. I will see how many elves are there. <laughs> Let's see how much they are, <laughs> and then maybe we consider it. <laughs> I wish my thanks and goodbye. Okay, thank you very much. Bye, everyone. <laughs>Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode hope you liked it let me know if you have any specific topics that you would like me to discuss in another episode uh, you can do it by leaving a review in apple podcast by going all the way down to the bottom of the page and you will see the review poll as well as the rating stars also you are always welcome to send me a dm on instagram which is also linked in my bio as always, hope this podcast makes your bad day a good day and a good day a little better. See you next week and hope you're having a great day. Farewell. <laughs>